Hi, this is Paul again. If you are just tuning into the podcast, this is the second of three unique episodes called The Codependency Project. If you want to kind of find out what's been going on and what the project's all about, go to paulelmore.com slash CP and uh, get some more information. Here we go. Welcome to The Codependency Project, a hands-on practical guide to changing your life. So this might be the flagship of codependency. Yep. You feel compelled to... Compelled. 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 Not a choice. It is... Almost forced. Forced. To help another person solve a problem. A codependent person is the consummate Mr. Fix-It. Okay. Um, or Mrs. Or Mrs. Or Miss. Mm-hmm. Or whatever else is correct there. Codependent people ache to fix other people's problems okay and if they can't they crawl out of their skin they go crazy it is it is almost impossible for a, a really good codependent person to sit back and watch someone else suffer or mm. struggle through their own dilemma right they're always coming up with ideas suggestions hints pointers um, anything that they can to it is a couple layers to get the other person out of some level of emotional discomfort. They don't, they don't like seeing other people in pain mm-hmm. at all. And so as soon as they see someone else hurting, it is, I have got to solve this. It's a Superman mentality. So I have to rescue them right. from that. And the best way to rescue them is I will take over the burden of fixing or solving their problem. Yeah. I, I've seen that. You know, and a few different people. I, I think a good example would be where somebody would have a conversation and then several days later they make a point to go, you know, I've been thinking about what we talked yeah. about the other day and I think you need to yep. blah, blah, blah. Yep. They they take on the responsibility and the distress of figuring out this other person's problem. So how do you how do you get by that one? <laughs> well, we, we have a good project for this one. Okay. This one's going to hurt. There's, it's oh, not cool. even difficult. It's just going to hurt. This isn't the uncomfortable <laughs> stomach thing. This is actually like being physically st- painful. Yeah. Like stabbed. Yeah. Okay. It's like sticking pencils in your eyeballs. Okay. It just it, it, this one's hard to do, especially okay. for a person who is is actually very good at solving other people's problems. Here's the catch 22 in some of this. Um, you can make a really, really good living. Being a problem solver. Mm-hmm. I'm a counselor by trade. What do I do all day long? Yeah. I help people fix their problems. Right. I was unbelievably codependent. I, you know, throughout this whole series, I've talked about that's how I have been naturally wired. Now, as a counselor, I'm aware of that and I'm able to um, step back and let other people work through their stuff. And I've done my own work around my own codependency. That's why I think I, I can still be a fairly good counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, counselors, advisors, uh, call-in talk show hosts, yeah. um, all sorts of stuff. Um, people in helping professions. I know people who are in financial institutions that they just love fixing other people's problems. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't stop in their business. They take it home as well. Right. They fix their family problems. They have to fix everyone else's stuff. And this really gets into the way of relationships as well because one of the biggest dynamics that happens for a fixer is let's say you and I are are here together and you're going through something difficult. As soon as I hear that and I jump into fix-it mode, I'm conveying a couple things to you. One is 
I actually don't think you're capable of fixing your own problem, mm. and I can actually make you feel stupid or weaker Okay. because I have to fix it. You can't. Right. Which is not a very nice thing for me to do to you. But can't you be assuming that the reason I'm telling you about my problem is because I need help with it? Is that what a code of uh, we'll get back. We'll get back to that in a okay. second. Okay. Um, the other thing that happens is it prevents me from actually having empathy for you. If you're hurting, if you're struggling with something, mm-hmm. it's more appropriate for me to come alongside you and go, man, I am really sorry you're in this really hard place. Mm-hmm. I trust that you're going to be able to get it fixed, but I will be here to support you as you wrestle it out. And I understand that you're hurting or frustrated or or scared or worried or whatever that is. I'm emotionally available for you because I'm not trying to fix it for you. Right. As soon as I try to fix it for you, I get past the whole feelings part. I get past the whole connection, empathy, validation part. Mm-hmm. And I go straight to, well, what are we going to do about this? How are right. we going to fix this? Right. It's like <clears throat> a guy being rolled into the emergency room and he has a gunshot wound. And the doctor, what's the doctor's main job? Stop the bleeding. Stop the bleeding, stop the pain. Yeah. Get him, do triage and get him under control. Mm-hmm. What would happen if the doctor says, well, you know what? Before before we do any of this, um, I need to know who shot you. Yeah. What kind of gun was it that they shot you with? Why are you hanging out with those type of people? Yeah. Where's the gun now? Tell me the uh, where's the investigation. What have the police found out yet? Yeah. Um, and he starts asking all these other questions to get information so that he can fix the whole situation. That's not his job. Right. Doctor's job is to say, you are hurting. Let me help you stop hurting. Mm-hmm. Let me take care of you. Um, that's what we get to do as human beings that's in strange. relationship with other people. Right. Yep. You're hurting. I'm sorry that you're hurting. Let me care for you, but not let me take care of you. Right. You can take care of yourself. But I'm going to sit with you in this. Mm-hmm. So being able to stay in that that zone is what creates really good, healthy relationships. You're available emotionally, personally, um, empathetically. When we get to the fix-it zone, everything gets screwed up. Mm-hmm. Now, your question was what? The question was, why would I be telling you about my problems if I didn't want your help solving them? Perfect. And this is great because... a codependent person is so used to covert communication Mm, and passively asking for stuff they assume everyone else does the same thing to them so a sharing of difficulty if you're sharing with me your difficulty i'm assuming you are meaning much more to that because if i'm communicating with you and sharing a problem i am covertly trying to get you to do something for me so because a codependent person manipulates other people non-verbally, co- covertly, they expect other people to do that back to them. It's amazing that we, we view other people's behavior towards us because that's what we do to everyone else. So someone else might be sharing. Uh, if the other person is codependent, okay, they absolutely might be. Right. Doing oh, that intention. I can't help. I can't do this. A little martyrdom. Oh. Yeah. And, and, and they're looking for help. Uh-huh. Majority of people actually aren't. Majority of people are just venting. Right, man, this is bugging me. I am, I don't know what to do here, and they really do, but they just need someone to hear rather than fix. It almost sounds like every newlywed couple, <laughs> <laughs> where the woman just wants to talk to the man about 
her problems and the man thinks that he needs to solve all of her problems this is actually a huge couple's issue because men are typically task oriented yeah. women are typically emotions oriented right. woman wants to share to be heard and connected to emotionally men here you got a problem let me tell you what to do here's how to fix it with right. your girlfriend and here's how to you know yeah so just stop hanging out with her okay <laughs> we don't need to talk about it anymore yeah. let's move on yeah, it, tons and tons of issues. Now that doesn't mean every guy's codependent right, right, right. out there. No, but it you know that's what kind of that has more to do with the brain wiring. But yeah, exactly, we're talking about um, someone that that does this in all relationships, or even I, I can envision a few people that I know. Yeah, you can't even have a get together without them interjecting their input yep. into you know everything every topic that comes up they yep. have a solution to it yep <laughs> so the project for this one um and it it sounds a little similar to a past one but it's a little bit different um you are only allowed to offer help or suggestions or ideas or solutions if the person blatantly comes to you and says i need help will you help me with this please if they sit there and they share, boy, this is really hard, you have to bite your lip. You can't say anything. The only way that you're able to offer advice or help is if someone comes to you, seeks you out for help and advice. And then when they do that, instead of instantly jumping to solutions and into fix-it mode, you have to sit in the, in, the, in the space of, I want you to answer and say, I'm not sure. Let me think about it for a while. Right. And you have to delay jumping into instant rescue mode because as soon as you do that, it takes all the pressure and responsibility off of them and it puts it all on you. And you don't need any more in your life. You just don't need any more pressure in your life. So let's go over some responses then, things that they can say in response to when somebody is sharing something like that. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. That must be terrible. What are you going to do? You mm, ask them, good. how are they going to solve right, it, right? rather than you offering a solution. How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? Oh, my gosh. Yep. You're going, that sounds terrible. Lots of good empathetic empathetic tones and, and validation in and, there. And that will help you kind of train to respond to their emotional needs, not the actual fixing of the deal. You know, yep. you, you They're telling you a story for a reason. They want to share their feelings with you. Yep. So pull out more of the feelings. Pull that out. Yep. Instead of pulling out the solutions. Right. Now, again, in the midst of the story, if they say, I don't know what to do, what what should I do? That's an invitation that you can now say, let me think about it. Mm-hmm. Instead of jumping right into it. Okay. Pause and sit in it a little while. If you can, reflect it back to them. Wow, I'm not sure what to do. Even if you might have a good idea. Right. Man, I'm not sure what to do. What do you think? What What's some of the ideas you've thought up already? And now you start to validate some of their own problem-solving ability right? instead of taking that responsibility off of them. And you can tweak some of their things rather than you jumping in and giving them everything. Again, what we're trying to avoid here is you assuming responsibility that's not yours. It's exhausting being codependent. It's exhausting having to be responsible to solve everyone else's problems or, or to reduce everyone else's pain. Uh, we want you to solve your own problems. 
solving problems is good. Mm-hmm. And solving problems of people who are close to you, okay, the one or two people who are close to you, you get to share in that with them. That's a good thing as well. Codependent don't do that with just one or two people. They do that with everybody. Do right. it with the lady at the grocery store. They do it with coworkers. The they do it with uh, acquaintances. <laughs> they do it with everybody. Yeah. And it becomes exhausting. Mm-hmm. And it gets in the way. Because, again, a lot of time people hear, you just don't think I'm smart enough. And people need to have that validation of their emotions. They want to know that you care rather than you fix. Or they want to know that you are empathetic rather than you're smart. Right. That's what creates good relationships. 